PiratePods.com and I'm on the phone with album recently and you're ready to release some stuff why don't you give us a little bit of background about what went on what got you going on this new album what people can expect from it well my new record is called songs from a toxic apartment um and as the title indicates it's uh, it's kind of a tale of my um less than pleasant living situation um that's actually the most sort of superficial explanation, but it's really kind of an exploration of uh, memory and family stuff, and so I'm using toxicity uh, to mean a whole bunch of things. It, it does so happen that the uh, the story of the record was really that I uh, was um, writing this kind of uh, gargantuan rock opera something, I don't I, don't even know how to describe it, but it was kind of my exploration of um, of the male psyche and a lot of really kind of uh, hardcore stuff, um, and it, it kind of kept growing and growing and ended up like with 80 or 90 songs that I was demoing at home um, and not in a very good headspace, And but I was writing a lot, um, and at a certain point I realized the project was getting totally out of control in terms of like the themes that I was trying to deal with and stuff um, and at the same time as I was kind of figuring that out I also figured out that the apartment was was uh, making me very sick um, which was probably contributing to my headspace um, so I, you know there was like asbestos and toxic mold and like maggots in my bed it was really it was pretty gruesome um, so this is all in the uh, the city of angels, not the. Uh, um, so um, I got out of there and kind of realized I could sort of make sense of what was actually going on there. Was well within that kind of tale I was trying to tell. There was actually a real story, um, which was my own kind of attempt to deal with a lot of uh, experiences from my childhood and. Um, and also the process of, of trying to dig into some pretty uh, intensely dark stuff. Um, so I sort of extracted the songs that were really more my personal story out of this um, thing that had characters and stuff, um, and that those songs became this record. Um, so the record is sort of um, some kind of, uh, ref like, more true reflection of, of the mindset of uh, while I was working on this kind of larger piece. Um, so that's the story of Songs from a Toxic Apartment, which is done, and uh, I'm actually going to tweak the mastering next week. Um, 
and uh, we'll see what happens with it. I've actually got a bunch of videos that I'm um, working on as well. So. Yeah. Do you have a release date in mind? I do not. Um, this is this is the uh, the big question of of the decade. Um, <laughs> and this, I mean, I, I tend to be slow, and I apologize too. There are a lot of people going who are angry at me for not releasing stuff. I have a lot of material that I've been sitting on. Um, I the the release date will sort of depend on whether I decide to go with a label or to release it myself. And it seems more and more that doing it myself is probably going to be the right approach, although, um, you know, the conventional wisdom in terms of release dates, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't release something. Basically, it's like you want to release a, f a kind of first big album uh, for an artist at the beginning of the year, and so, you know, uh, it'll depend on sort of all those factors, but um, I like to get it out quickly, but it may be that for kind of strategical reasons or if I'm with a label um, it ends up being somewhat out of my hands um, if I do it myself it'll be faster um, so I wish I could tell you exactly but um, soon okay <laughs> <laughs> that's the best that's the best I can say now but it but it, it, it's not gonna be never it is gonna happen and, I, and if I do it myself it could happen as early as like uh, the beginning of the fall like September um, if I go with, go with the label, it's more likely to be the beginning of next year. That's just the way the business is. So, right. Um, or can we even talk about there being a business anymore? I'm not <laughs> sure if there is a music business anymore. Um, it's like we've all gone the way of the poets. Um, it's like something people love, and there's no money in it. But um, anyway, there may be. I'll I'll figure something out. I'll let you know. Okay. Um, so when people are listening to your music, what are you hoping they get from it? Do you want them to just be pulled into that mindset that you were in? Um, I, I, I don't want to pull them down. Um, I, I try to make uh, music that is trans transformative in some way. Um, a lot of my songs tend to kind of have a, a an epic structure to them, uh, so that um, actually one of the reasons that I abandoned the larger project was I felt that it was too much something that would bring people into a really dark place. Um, this record has a lot of darkness in it, but I, I want to kind of uh, bring people through that darkness and uh, kind of come out the other side with a kind of deeper connection with their humanity in some way. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds kind of grandiose, but, you know, we all have these, uh, it's not a party record, but, uh, but I, I do, a lot of the songs are kind of uh, transformative, and I've spent a lot of time making the record work as a record, which is, puts me at odds with iTunes culture and whatever, it's, but it is meant to be listened to all the way through um, and I, I feel certain that in the end it is actually a, a very good experience of a record um, so but you know I know a lot of other people I, I'm not alone um, in having insomnia and having demons that I wrestle with and um, uh, this record I, I did attempt to wrestle and beat them um, 
Tennessee or anything like that. Um, so, uh, if that answers your question. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I was going to ask this later on, but you're sort of on the track now. What do you think are the trials to success? The trials to success, I mean, I, I feel... Um, it's interesting that the way you ask the question. I mean, it seems like there are people for whom they don't have trials. I, I sort of want to be clever and say the trials to success is not seeing things as trials, but I don't know if that's true. Um, I think ultimately, for me, I can't answer for you know whatever other people, but um, for me, I'm trying to be as true as I can, um, which has been a very strange process and somewhat lonely process, um, kind of discovering what my truth in life is and uh, finding a way to imbue my work with that so that if success does happen, it's true and not based on um, some kind of gamesmanship or trying to like read the marketplace or trying to figure out what's going to be cool or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I mean, you see a lot of people who get successful and then are alienated by it, um, maybe because they weren't prepared. Um, and I'm, I've been doing a lot of kind of inner work preparing myself so that what I do is as true as possible. Um, so I guess that's not really like the secret kind of answer, <laughs> but, but uh, that's, that's at least the way I, I approach it. Um, I mean, I think you can have the success is um, really something inner, um, but I, I do want uh, my music to have a life outside of, you know, my small group of fans or whatever. Um, I mean, I'd like more people, and I'd like to be able to do it in a way where I can survive financially doing it. And um, So, in that sense, I want more success, but it's not... Um, if you can be with yourself all the time, then you are a successful person, and I really believe that. Slept for eleven days. Help me, help me, help me. Why don't you sleep, dear? Why don't you sleep, dear? Nothing will happen to you. you're reading my mind because I also had this question about like how do you feel about the image-based necessity of music today and you were sort of touching on that with your description of success so yeah I um you know I find it amusing the things that become popular and there's a lot of projection that people have where they you know, so I mean, I think image is important, I, and I this is why I'm actually doing music videos, whether 
they come out the way I want to or not and sort of a, an interesting experiment for me because um, I've done a lot of stuff with film I've done some composing for film and I've had some of my songs in some movies and I know a lot of just from living in LA just know a lot of filmmakers that I've helped with projects in various ways so um, I've always been kind of interested in how music and image fit together um, so I'm making videos right now uh, which is you know a way of dealing with image and sort of trying to have some control over what the image might be and I, I, I'm not sure if ultimately it will be something that I think is the right thing to have done but it's something I find interesting at least want to give it a shot <laughs> uh, to, to make some sense of what you know my image is um, so you know I think it's too bad that like kind of really trashy culture and has sort of dominated the, the mass culture more and more and I find that exasperating and depressing not so much like oh I want the good artists to be doing better I mean that's part of it but it's also like the incredible sort of poverty of soul nourishment that people get from that and that's what they that's what you know what's being churned out and that's what it's kind of like candy it's like it, it you, candy you, if there's a bunch of candy in a bowl you're going to eat it and then you're going to feel kind of crappy, and then you're going to take a nap. <laughs> you're going to wake up with more candy. I don't know. So, like, I sort of see the culture that way. It's like, and I'm trying to make something that's actually more like a meal that, you, you know, takes a little longer to digest, and you actually get nourishment out of it. And I think there are a lot of, you know, most of the things that I'm involved with, I try to have them be, you know, it's like slow food or whatever, you know. That's, I don't know, that's the analogy that I'm making right now. But, um, you know, stuff that's like image based is like candy and that's fine, but it's just too bad that it's like as a culture we're like kids at the end of Halloween with like rooms full of chocolate and it's like, Okay, I could don't give me anything else. I just I just ate too much chocolate. I can't take any more. <laughs> so that's where the that's where you know, and then it just ends up being like, you know, it's an opportunity lost for music, which is something that can be so healing and nourishing for people um, to have it be you know reduced to like refined sugar and additives or whatever so um, so anyway I, I but I, I'm making my attempt to, to be aware that that stuff matters and um, you know figure out like my cover art I'm actually spending more time probably than most people would um, I've got you know, uh, whatever, trying to make sense of all that stuff so that it, there is, like, an image. Because um, I think it matters. It's just, um, it's too bad when that's the only thing that matters. Right. Okay, well, can I just take a side note here and say one of my questions was literally, if your music were an SAT analogy, what would it uh, be? Good thing I'm not... <laughs> And, and you literally it, just it, answered it. It's like a candy bowl to a meal. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, wait, if it was an SAT? SAT analogy question, like Ethan Gold is to blank oh, as oh. blank is to blank. And oh. I think you just already answered it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that.
Um, but like you mentioned earlier, your music has been in film scores, and um, do you find it more rewarding to place your music with your own images, or how is it to see it with someone else's work? I really enjoy um, seeing it with other work um, because it, I have a tendency to whatever I know the images that are in my head and that's what I'm finding with the videos that I'm doing you know the images that, that are in my head may, may not actually be as interesting as when you have something totally different um, like I've, I've had my songs and films where they wanted Led Zeppelin and they couldn't afford Led Zeppelin you know for obvious reasons it's like half a million dollars a song or something um, you know I like say they wanted a hard rock you know Led Zeppelin song or it's not that hard rock but anyway you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, something of mine has gone in I'm just thinking one case and it was totally not what they had thought that they wanted it wasn't something that I thought would make sense but when you put music to an image something else it's like some third uh, synergy happens or whatever and, and uh, sometimes like magical things happen I mean you could like those things where people put um, what was it Pink Floyd The Wall or Dark Side of the Moon and watch Alice in Wonderland or what is it you know what I'm talking about they yeah yeah or it's no, the Wizard of Oz right Wizard of Oz right yeah anyway so um, you know there really great stuff happens with music and, and imagery um, mixed together and sometimes it's, it like adds meaning when there wasn't meaning and what I've done scoring is definitely a lot of what film scoring is about is is figuring out what wasn't you know what they intended to get from the actors or from the way it was shot and it didn't end up working and so then the music comes in and like puts this whole other layer of meaning on the imagery um so but i'm i'm also the, my favorite I mean I really do like licensing songs because that way it's like this, I have the songs and they're my songs but then they can be seen in a totally different way um, there's a lot of songs that probably everybody writes but certainly my stuff typically there's like a really kind of there's I, I, there's often a couple meanings going on in the song there's like maybe a really simple meaning and then there's actually something else and sometimes the the having imagery can pick up on the like subconscious meaning in the lyrics or the way the lyrics and the music are working together so I enjoyed that a lot Adventures of Power, which is a film that your brother did. Um, what's it like working creatively and professionally with a sibling? That is, uh, it was, it's everything that you probably would imagine. Um, it, it's gratifying and 
there's something kind of wonderful about it, and there's also it can be really frustrating, um, you know, the same way that any sibling relationship is, but kind of amplified. Um, but my brother and I have a have a very good relationship, and I think it was a good working relationship. Other than that, I think you know maybe he relied on me a, a lot more than somebody who wasn't a sibling would. Um, you know, I did some pretty marathon work for that for that film. Um, there was something like I can't remember now. It was like 95 music cues or something, and. Um, a lot of them were things that were like fully fleshed out pieces that would only get used for very brief spells. Um, and I had you know, virtually no time to produce them. So, <laughs> um, so that was probably the, in this instance, the only real drawback was just the kind of extreme lengths. And then I, I'm the sort of person that goes to those lengths. I, I, I can't really do um, half-assed work which sometimes is to my detriment. Why I'm actually not doing, not really interested in scoring and working for other people and producing anymore because I always do everything to the hilt, you know? Um, and it's like, I think the really successful people who do that kind of work are better at like churning stuff out and kind of like having a little bit of a lower threshold of acceptability than I do. Um, which enables them to work faster and and sort of not care. And I, if I get involved with a project, I end up caring about it. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, but largely a good thing working with my with my brother. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm in, excited to be doing my own work now and excited about my records. So um, well, do you have a method for scheduling all your projects, like? production work or if you're playing with a band or on your own, do you have to keep them all separate? Um, I'm pretty bad at that. Um, there are people who can multitask and I don't seem to be one of them. Um, it's actually this year I've been sort of cutting back on, on all my other stuff. I play bass in this other band, the Honey Brothers, uh, and I kind of him on sabbatical, which we'll see what happens with that, but I, um, I've been basically saying no to production and scoring work or, or raising my price to a level that, that is so ridiculous that people don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's another way. It, it's little, so I find that more fun than saying, I mean, there is a price where it'd be worth my while, but I, I, I put it so high that basically I, I can be sure that I can do my own stuff. Um, <laughs> A little, that's a little tip for people out there who are <laughs> how to get to their own work. Raise your price for doing other people's work, and uh, raise it. You know, raise it to a level where, it, like, okay, if I got hired at that level, sure, I'd do it. But if not, it was it would just annoy me to be to work be working on other stuff. So, um, so I I, I personally am, am terrible at. at uh, jumping from thing to thing so that's why this year I'm really entirely focused on my own albums um, and I'm excited for them <laughs> I really am as everyone should be I mean as everyone should be about their own work but 
Um, so I feel like everyone always asks the, the influence question, what are you influenced by? But if you were able, sort of like, I guess the opposite of that, if you were able to cut yourself off from all outside catalysts and um, ignore experiences in your life, what do you, where would your music naturally gravitate towards? What do you think it would become? I think uh, I would be making dreams for people. Um, I would be entering people's minds, and uh, yeah, I, I wrote this story when I was three or two, or something. I actually I wrote like a two-page story, <laughs> which I have, but it was called the Dream Maker, um, and it was about this little guy that would like chisel into people's heads and make the dreams. Um, and I think that's kind of what I'm doing. That's that's. That's what my I'm doing with my music, um, and, I, and they're not all good dreams either. But I do want them to be ultimately like the way dreams function and actually help work things out for people subconsciously. Um, so I guess I would be influenced by the ether and the, the whatever spirits are floating around or within us that sort of underneath our day-to-day concerns or whatever. I'm not writing about uh, homework assignments or um, shopping. <laughs> so. Um, so what's the last thing you deemed worthwhile to remember? I think that might be personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... I think I'm going to have to keep that to myself. All right. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, well, because you're so busy doing your own music and everything, um, is there sort of a bland routine that you look forward to? I really, what I really look forward to is going, is going out on the road um, with my music, which is not, I, I mean, in a way it is a bland routine to tour, but that's the bland routine that I'm excited about. Um, that's what I really look forward to. Um, Do you think you're going to be doing shows a lot in the future? Because I don't. I've never seen any posted. No, I haven't been playing. But I. The everything is changing. Right. Now. This is a major sort of shift of my focus. I mean, any time that I would have had to do shows was taken up with composing or producing or playing in other people's bands. Um, so, you know, I would play a show every, you know, like three or four months in here in LA or New York or whatever, um, just kind of like one-off things. And now that I'm not taking those other projects, um, the intention is I will be releasing the album and then touring a lot so that's all going to change um, I mean that'll be something I'll have to put together but uh, you know the band and so forth but uh, that will happen so that's what I'm looking forward to It's okay 
album's been out when a person hears your name what sort of connotations will they arrive at that's gonna be up to them um so i can't control it uh, my intention is that it will be something like that has been illuminating in their life like a, a, a positive force for their inner life so they would associate me with that experience in themselves. I just have three really silly questions okay. that I always ask everyone at the end. So, okay. um, the first one is: Do you have any slang terms that you overuse? It's not really a slang term, but I, I think I pepper my conversation with the word "like" more than I think I do. Mm-hmm. Not really a slang term. Um, I've been known to have a foul mouth, um, but I'm not going to say that right now. <laughs> this is going out to. Well, you can say it. That's fine. I know this isn't like a Christian Broadcasting Network, <laughs> TBN. Uh, what slang term? Slang terms. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I think I probably have a lot of California speak, w- whether I, I don't really feel like Mr. California at all, but I, I probably say awesome and like more than I would like that for a sentence. That's a good one. I think I'm going to quote you on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your drink of choice? I am a scotch man. I am, in fact, a half scotch man. Um <laughs> But I also drink scotch. <laughs> I, I've recently become a fan of Lafroche. Lafroche. <laughs> There's, I, I've heard different pronunciations, but are you familiar with that scotch? No, not at all. It's spelled, I believe, L-A-P-H-R-O-I-G-H or something like that. It's, oof. Anyway. Scotch is my is my thing. Generally, um, with nothing, with a, in a glass, take it in a glass, as opposed to, I don't know, with uh, limes and and uh, a pancake or ice. No ice. Generally, no ice. I, I don't. I want to taste what was in the bottle. All right. And how do you feel about eyeliner? Um. You mean guy liner? Um, I am pro anything that allows people to be themselves more. So if eyeliner, like, lets dudes be more feminine, then I'm for it. I don't happen to wear eyeliner. I actually have in, like, videos, I think on one of my videos. It's pretty subtle, but um, my eyes tend to be sensitive, so, like... I remember being in an, I was in my play in eighth grade and I was like the one person that couldn't put eyeliner on because my eyes were twitching so much. 
I'm I'm all for it, but not for me. Okay. Short answer. All right. Um, well, do you have any final words to close this up? How about this as a final word? That was hardcore. <laughs> I, I am a hardcore. <laughs> Come on, my darling. Show your hand up.